When you're watching a movie, if you come across a scene you don't understand, you might be like me. You might push pause and then hit the rewind button a couple of times and just follow that again because it didn't quite make sense. In the same way, if you're having an argument with your spouse, it's probably a good idea to press pause and go back and figure out where the misunderstanding took place. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, who lead our marriage team here. And we're going to hear now a conversation that Focus President Jim Daly had with Kimberly and Danny Ray Thompson. They talked with Jim about a marriage principle that they've learned based on something that Danny Ray does as a magician. Danny, let me ask you, uh, I think I've seen at least versions of this. One of the illusions that you perform is an elaborate underwater escape. Mm. Uh, Describe what's involved and how you use that to teach people about life and God and marriage. Yeah, so for a number of years, I did uh, underwater escapes, and uh, there's, you know, when when you're going underwater, you know, the the first thing I would say before I went underwater is I would ask people to hold their breath with me when they go under, and if at any when you point, go under, well, sorry, yeah, they feel like they're going under vicariously. They're going under. You with all me. hold your breath. Yes. Yeah, so, but when I go underwater, I am going to ask that you hold your breath, and if at any point you let out your air, I want you to think about that moment when you take your final breath. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to be in your relationship well, that's great. with God, with your family, Powerful. with yeah? And so it was one of those messages. I say, um, hold your your breath as you go under. But it was the only piece I've ever done that vicariously people feel like they're in there with you, trapped in there, underwater, in the dark. And yeah, so... I, it's one of the best like messages because they're seeing it, they're feeling it. And when I would escape, you know, it wasn't, you know, like triumphant. It's like, I'm doing a real escape and it, it doesn't go right. Every time we had it, you know, go wrong twice where I really thought I was going to lose my life, but it's, yeah, it's it's a difficult thing and difficult on my wife as well. Every time after I got out of water, you know, I'd have to text her and let her know I'm alive, I'm good, you know. And then when I stopped doing that, I had to, you know, let her know, you know, I'm no longer doing the underwater escape. I was like, babe, the deck of cards that came out of the box, fine, I'm good, <laughs> it's okay. I survived. I survived. I'm sure your life insurance company was happy about the fact oh, that you. Oh, that's uh, not. Yeah. You know what they don't? They don't ask. They did not say, do you lock yourself in So it's not up there with skydiving and all that? They They, asked those questions. They asked those questions, but they did (laughs) not say, do you trap yourself in a... No. So I paint that picture a little bit because some people haven't been to a magic show. I I don't know that I've been to a big magic show, to be honest with you. But this is a tank of water that's over your head. You're getting in. You're all bound up. You have... Hand, yeah, so handcuffs I would get, on or? yeah so I'd have the audience sometimes audience members would bring handcuffs but usually I'd have <laughs> handcuffs with me and I would pass those around you know so make they're sure, the real deal yeah they're legitimate handcuffs wow and then I'd have somebody come up examine the locks examine the canister that I'm getting we called it the chamber but ultimately it was um, based on the milk can escape by Harry Houdini right and so Somebody would examine that, and then we'd have somebody help us um, dump 50 gallons of water into this drum, essentially, and then put the lid on. And then there were six locks that would lock that lid into place. And I'm underwater in multiple handcuffs, you know, working with a pick to try to get out of those. So you have to really do that. You have to pick the locks. 
Yeah, and the sad thing now is my daughter's into lock picking, and my wife's going like, "No, (laughs) (laughs) these things happen." (laughs) Right. Well, hopefully she'll use it constructively. That's right. You know, you never know, Kimberly. In that context, um, you talk about the reset button in the book. Both of Mm, you do. Yeah. Mm. Um, speak to the reset button, how you use it, and how it's been effective in your marriage. Sure. Uh, we used it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us an example. <laughs> so when you're rushing out of the house to get to the airport and you have a bit of an attitude, it might be helpful. Was that your attitude? <laughs> I'm not saying whose it was. <laughs> we don't want to that. that was just my attitude. <laughs> might have been both of us a little on edge trying to get out of the house for the airport. But uh, it's a way of saying hey, I'm sorry. And there's still apologies and there's still um, some reconciliation because I'm big on that. So you'd say something like, let's do but a just, reset. just, hey, let's reset. Which really means yeah. be quiet. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't mean be quiet. It okay. just means, no, no, no. Yeah, let's clarify that. No, it just means, can we start over? Okay. Can we have a do-over? Let's let's try this again because we're both acknowledging, hey, we didn't do well at that getting out of the house. Because we time. didn't handle it, and with that situation, like we didn't handle ourselves the way we would normally or the way we'd yeah, want. Stress to. tends to do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and stress does that, and it's easy to just go. You know what? I love you. You love me. We're in this together. We, I, whether I blow it or she blow it, you know, I go, hey, can Probably we reset? You. And then we just start over and we'll literally like, hey, let me give you a hug. Let's start over. And, you know, it's just grace and forgiveness. Well, Greg, I loved the idea that the Thompsons shared with us about resetting. And I wonder if you and Aaron have had moments or times or seasons where there's a reset that we need right here. Man, it's such a powerful tool because absolutely, Aaron and I have these moments. I probably shared the story before. Aaron was out with some girlfriends at kind of the girls' night out. And I'd been with the kids. They were terrible. And I was just worn out had to work on a, a book project that, that I was writing. And so she came into our, through our garage door and is passing by the sink in the kitchen and just notices some dishes and kind of yells out, what am I the maid? Kind of like, ah, I've been out all night to so come home. I was thinking everything would be clean and here are dirty dishes. Well, it totally triggered me. I was so offended, like, you won't even say hello. All you care about is the dirty dishes. If you'd look the other way, you'd see all the clothes I folded. I Me, mean, just one of those internal conversations that thankfully I didn't say anything. But what the Thompsons really are talking about is the importance of taking that pause. And so thankfully that night, before I said anything, I just kind of sat back in my chair, kind of seething. But... I just went right to the Lord. And that's been such an important part for me to understand within that pause is you can't just sit there because you're going to perseverate. You're going to keep thinking. You'll stew Mm -hmm. on what's Mm -hmm. gone on. But for me, how I protect my brain against stewing on whatever happened, you know, what am I the maid? I mean, I would have thought about that for another 10 minutes. But I've learned to go right to the Lord, just begin that process of praying to Him. Okay, what does that, what does that prayer sound like for that particular example? Give us yeah, give well, us a, a bit of what that sounds yeah, like. Yeah, well, usually it's... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, Lord, make her stop. <laughs> exactly. Lord, this woman, she's your daughter, you fix her. You know, I've tried, yeah. I've given up. Yeah. Now, it's it's what I've learned is that it's clunky, it's awkward, I'm, I'm probably shut down in that moment, so I really don't want to do that. So just that there's nothing 
good about it. There's no good feeling. But there's an obedience factor that I've learned truly Mm -hmm. pays off, that when I'm really willing to go to the Lord, even though it's going to take me a few moments to really settle in honestly, especially thinking to to pray about me Mm -hmm. versus focusing on Aaron in that prayer, it it makes such a big difference because what it does is it physically calms me down. And I think that that's a big part of what the Thompsons were talking about. That value of that of that pause is that it just it it begins this emotional cooling down. It prevents an escalation because if I hadn't done that, then I would have said, "Well, what am I the you know the maid plus the babysitter?" Because <laughs> yeah. you were gone all night, yeah. you know, whatever. But it, it really begins that just that calming. You can almost you know letting air out of a balloon. Mm-hmm. You know, you just feel that. F- just that sort of settling down. And then what happens, I've noticed that it promotes some reflection. So when I'm praying, just going, God, help me. Mm. Um, I'm upset. Give me perspective. There's a way in which that that I'm willing to then kind of think about, okay, what what is my part in this? Like what what do I need to own or, or how am I contributing to even feeling this stirred up? Because oftentimes there's something that I'm doing. Yeah. And, and thus that then creates some empathy. You know, as I start to reflect on, on e- even thinking, you know, I know my wife, although I didn't like maybe what she said or how she said that, you know, I know her. I, I, that's not who she is. Oh, maybe something. Oh, I wonder if on her night out with her girlfriends, maybe someone said something. Mm-hmm. Maybe she felt offended or challenged, something. And then that just gets me even considering, well, man, maybe there's something going on for yeah. her. Even as you're describing this, I'm feeling a perspective shift yeah. about the whole situation. It's like, oh, okay, instead of looking at her, I'm looking inward, yeah. and God is kind of shining the light on, hey, could you maybe see this in a different light? Yeah, and and I think it, as I settle into just spending some time with God, and, he, and John, honestly, even if it's it can be absence of words. It can just be, I'm just going to, God, I'm just going to sit here. We just, just warm my heart up. Mm. You know, my heart shut down. I'm I'm just going to wait on yeah. you. It, just all of that. There's a humility there. Every bit of that, that pause, that, that waiting, what it ultimately does is it puts me in a better place, a more open place to actually then ask Aaron. So I remember that night I said, Hey, uh, yeah, that whole "what am I the maid" comment like was was that directed at me? You know, I'm assuming it was, yeah. and that that's the beauty of the pause. She went, "Oh no, that's not about you." As a matter of fact, I you know I told the kids they better do the dishes because mm. you had some writing to do, mm. and in my mind I'm like, "Oh, thank the Lord that I didn't say anything." <laughs> yes, this could have gone I'm glad right you into the didn't. ditch. I yeah. know. I mean, it's because it would have then it, we would have been in conflict, mm-hmm. and it never was about me. Funny enough, although I th- was certainly thinking it was, yeah. but that that that's the power of the pause for willing to not just give in to the temptation to you know, fight and say what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And d- there's th- there's a way which that can hijack me and it always is going to go poorly. But if we give God a chance to do his deal, I'm telling you, we'll, we'll end up better prepared to actually have a good, open conversation. Yeah. Well, that's so good. And if conflict is a challenge for you, you're not alone. And uh, that's one of the reasons that it's actually covered in our free marriage assessment. 
Uh, we're going to link over to that from uh, the show notes. Whether you're newly married or you've been together for decades, uh, this free marriage assessment is an ideal tool to help you figure out where you're strong and maybe some uh, points of struggle in your relationship. And you'll see further resources on moving forward uh, together. And you'll find details about the free marriage assessment in the show notes, as well as an opportunity to donate to Focus on the Family. Help us strengthen marriages around the world, literally. Uh, Donate today and be part of the support team. We'll say thanks for your contribution, uh, a monthly gift or a one-time gift, by sending a copy of Danny Ray's book, No, I Can't Make Your Wife Disappear, A Magician's Guide for a Magical Marriage. Donate and uh, get the book. The details are in the show notes. Gary Thomas will be here next time offering pointers on staying close emotionally, even during a challenging season of life. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Smalley. And I'm Aaron Smalley. Marriage is an amazing gift from God, but it can also be a challenge sometimes. That's right. We could all use a little guidance. And that's why we started our podcast, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We talk about things like recognizing conflict cycles, dealing with stress, and how to grow your love each day. Listen at crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to see you there.